Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hello, hello, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. And happy, happy, happy new year. Welcome to 2023. Hope everyone is having a happy new year's day, happy new year's day after, happy new year's week. Or if you're listening to this far in the future, hope your 2023 is going well. We had a pretty good time. We uh, stayed home for New Year's Eve, me and the wife and the kids. We played Monopoly and watched Dolly and Miley on the TV. And we had snacks. We had, man, we had like little smokies and taquitos and sausage balls and chips and queso and salsa. And uh, anyways, we just stayed up late and ate lots of junk food and I woke up this morning feeling kind of yucky <laughs> from all the all the nastiness. <clears throat> but it is New Year's Day, or today is New Year's Day, so anyways, Happy New Year. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk real quick, um, just a little ret- retrospective of the last year. This time last year I was going through um, some pretty major heart problems, had some stents put in, and went through the new year, had to have more st- another stent put in, I think in April. Um so last year was a lot of healing and a lot of um i guess rebuilding i lost some weight i was at my heaviest was at 204 and i got down to i was 175 not too long ago i weighed yesterday and i was at 178 so you know i've lost 25 or so pounds and uh mostly just watching what i eat watching my sugar intake and then i walk the dog every night and twice on the weekends twice on saturdays and twice on sundays and that's been keeping me pretty fit and so you know that's kind of the main thing you know over this past year i've had some good times i turned 50 and got to go to austin with my besties um, dustin and uh, Susie. we went down to austin to see the corn lovers festival and so that was really cool um i play a lot of um, Sostex artist on here and it was all Sostex artists so I got to see a lot of the bands that I play that I don't ever get to see here because they're mostly Austin and San Antonio stuff but you know I got to see a lot of bands that I've played and meet some of them and so that was super cool that was one of my highlights of the last year and so and um, man when you get my age it's like every year go one goes into the next you know last year was also the year that Zoe graduated high school she was 18 we're teaching her how to drive so we had some pretty big milestones but um most years it's just one leads to the next leads to the next and so i think my goals for this next year is going to be something like um make it different you know i want to try to maybe go out of town more go to more places um see more of the texas sites just go to some some small texas towns do some small texas road trips day trips on the weekends with the family um 
you know, go to some more state parks and just have a few more adventures. It seems like ever since um, COVID came and went, you know, just kind of still been stuck in that COVID mode where we just kind of stay home and don't do a whole lot. It also depends, you know, it's been tough too because everything is so much more expensive and we don't really make any more money. If anything, we might make it a little less. And so it's kind of harder to get out and do as much as we used to. But this, that's kind of what I want to do this next year. And so one thing I am happy about, it's not going to be different. This is actually um, one of those things, I guess, that's the same. But sometimes when something is good, you want to keep bringing it back and kind of do the same thing. If something's working for you, you want to keep doing it, you know. Um, it's the reason to make it different. So um, with the podcast being back, I'm really excited that this year we get to bring Joe Savage back as the first guest of the year. That was something we always did in the old iteration of the podcast Um first podcast of every year we had joe savage on for three four five years in a row i mean it was a thing and so because of the heart issues last year i didn't get to do it we talk about that in the interview so i won't get into it now as a matter of fact i'll just go ahead and we'll jump right into the interview um this is going to be just a joe savage kind of thing we're going to start off the show with a with joe savage's new song um it's called hello to the light it's kind of funny because i talked to him about this in the um in the podcast i totally misinterpreted the song when i heard it <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that. New Year's cough. When I heard the song, I was thinking of kind of like I saw the light, and because I saw the light, um, I changed my life and made a change, and things are better now. You know, the kind of come to Jesus moment. I saw the light moment, and so stopped doing all my bad habits. That's kind of what I thought the song was about. And um, when I bring it up to him, um, even though it's a nice interpretation and i think it works it's not what the song's about so stick around to make sure or just pay attention um to find out what this next song is about and then we're going to close it out with um transcendental railroad because i like the song and i like the story of the album you can get it on amplify 817 you can stream it for free if you want to buy it though you can purchase it on bandcamp um at joe savage's page and i'll have it linked in the notes so, without further ado, we'll get into Hello to the Light. And again, Happy New Year. I hope 2023 treats you very well. Um, and this time next year, we'll be able to sit back and reflect. And hopefully, we'll have good things to talk about. So, all right. See you guys. <laughs> Running on adrenaline, 
rolling out of town Say goodbye to the cocaine Goodbye to the bars Goodbye, bad credit Oh, here I am Well, this life here is wasted But I've had a good night Goodbye to the bad life Hello to the life Father, son, there won't be no more whiskey, won't be no more fun. Check the lockbox for my pistol and what's left of my cash. Give it all to St. Peter to pay for my past. Say goodbye to the cocaine, goodbye to the bars, goodbye back credit. Hello, there I home. Yeah, this life here is wasted, but I've had a good night. Goodbye to Bad life, hello to the light. Goodbye to bad life, hello to the light. Now it's time for our interview. Hey, Joe Savage. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just got done eating a little dinner. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I was real excited that you reached out. I was gonna, um, I was gonna reach out to you as soon as you know, as soon as Christmas was was done, and you hit me up a couple of days early, and so that was cool because I was already planning on it anyway. So I'm glad you were you were down to get back to doing the first of the year podcast. Hell yeah, man! I like tradition. I like having, I like being talking with you every year. That's great stuff for me. Yeah, um, no, it, it it was really funny because like last year was about the time that I um, found the the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Uh huh. And I started listening to um, him, and he had a couple of guests on that I normally well, like you and like Matthew, um, and there was a couple people that I wanted. To, to to have on and I would think about it and it's like as soon as I would think about it he would re- release a show where he had him on now the thing right. now the thing about him is that he records his shows and then he releases them like weeks later yeah like whenever yeah when yeah he's got a backlog right so I mean I can't even say this guy's ripping me off because one I didn't tell anybody that I was thinking about doing this and two he had already had it done in in in, in, in the can but it was like this weird little thing in the zeitgeist where it's like we were kind of on the same wavelength i guess or whatever but towards the end of the years um was when i had my heart issues or whatever and so i really wasn't doing any podcast around this time and i wanted to and i thought about having you on and then on the first of the year andrew turner released his podcast and it was joe savage and i was like that son of a bitch he released it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> heard it was just yeah, funny because no, it was just all it was very uh, coincidental and it actually you know made me reach out to um andrew and talk to him and we're you know buddies now and stuff and so it's, it's yeah all, that's cool yeah yeah my, i love the doing funky town podcast first of the year you know that's a, but andrew just he's so busy he's, he's got his finger on the pulse of the of the community a little bit uh 
and it seems like all of you guys, all you podcasters are becoming uh, a lot closer with each other and creating your own little scene from my point of view anyways. And it seems to me, you know, you and Andrew are kind of part of that spearhead and that little thing being collaborative. And Yeah. We always try to yeah. play with whoever wants to play with this. Um, you know, some podcasts stick around and some don't. Um, but, uh, the Funky Panther has been doing really good. And I'm not really good friends with any of those guys, but the few times that I've hung out with anybody from that show, they've always been super cool. Um, and I know Andrew's really good buddies with them, and I think the Jerry Johnson Massacre has been has become good buddies with them. You know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so. know those guys very well. I have reached out to them. I, I listened to the podcast they did with Abel Casillas of Squeezebox Bandits, and I was like, hey, I need to get on there. Okay, yeah. Abel, Able used to play in my band. <laughs> oh, oh, first squeeze box, first squeeze box band is gig in Dallas Fort Worth was me, Able singing, uh, me playing acoustic guitar, Luke McGuire on stand up, and Johnny Mac on washboard. Oh, interesting. Then, uh, Deep Ellum, yeah, because when Able joined Luke's band, or Able didn't really join Luke's band too much, but he did a bunch of recordings with him uh, in the studio, and then uh, some videos. But Able actually joined my band for a while, and. Uh, you know, he had mentioned how much he wanted to sing. This would be 2015, or yeah, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, how much he wanted to sing in front of his own band. He had this idea for a band called Squeezebox Bandits. So we actually took a couple of the gigs that uh, Alan Brown had booked us. He works for Spoon now, and the, the place was like called Market Kitchen 27 or something like that. But yeah, so we all decided to give it up to Abel to do his first uh, frontman show. And, uh, you know, he's obviously gone miles and miles and miles ahead now so uh but yeah i always i heard his interview and i just always was like man i need to get on there and tell my story too oh that's cool but, yeah now that i've only um i've heard the music and but i went and saw them they did the um the fort worth weekly showcase and they played at the uh at the smoke stack or whatever and oh um, yeah and, and i saw them play and, and, and that's the only time i I saw them play, but man, they were fantastic. This the uh, the whole band, and that dude can flat play the accordion, you know. Oh, he's always been the most amazing accordionist that I've seen around town, and he's gotten, I mean, so much experience in, over the last what five to six years, and you know, now signing with uh, State Fair Records, and he's working a lot, and he knows, you know, he's dealing with all the business side of fronting a band and then uh but all those hours you put in just makes you tight he's been able to keep a couple guys around and yeah they are they're fucking tight as hell and sound great too so i'm proud of the i'm proud of them that's cool there's he got that huge write-up in fourth magazine which was dang cool you know that's awesome now there's um i mean i can't name um the song that i'm thinking of escapes them but there's been a few probably texas um country artists that'll have well i don't even talk about like you or luke i mean like on a on a big scale where they have i mean i mean like that i mean make that sound in, in insulting but i mean like on a national level or whatever where there's like this texas sound but the texas sound has the um the accordion in it from like the mexican culture that's so prevalent here you know and it's really cool oh, yeah. to, you know and it to me it's a very fort worth sound and a very texas sound when when it's when it's at just that kind of old school country but it has the accordion going in it so where it sounds kind of like the the 
I can't think of what the name of Latino music is called. There's like a certain name for it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you mean. But, I'm you not know, sure which one. Before. But you uh, know, like whenever you're in like a Mexican restaurant, Chicano. I don't know. Oh, no, oh, okay. but uh, mariachi. But yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the style of it. But I was thinking about like where you hear like the big tubas, or you hear the the um, um, the accordion. Um, but anyways, but when you take that that type of music and then just kind of mix it with like this cowboy Western music or whatever, it, to me it yeah, has a very yeah, heard- authentic Texas feel. And I guess it's kind of a the Tex Mex of music or whatever. For sure, for sure. There were some people doing that stuff in the 60s and 70s uh, and 80s, too. Uh, Texas Tornadoes, I think, was one of them. Okay. There's another one. That, uh, there's a, It's a funky name. I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah, that song, like, Hey Baby, K Pasto. That's know, the one. That's uh, the song I was thinking of, yeah, where it has yeah, the, to, the Mexican and the and the country Texan kind of. Exactly. But, yeah. Right. I, I think yeah, Abel definitely is doing that, and he's doing a great job of it too. You know, and that's what that's what he was saying in that Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worth magazine article. I think that, you know, it's not that he's like dogging uh, Latin music or Chicano music or anything, and he's not dogging country music. He's just doing his style of Texas music, you know, which I think that's a freaking awesome explanation of exactly what he's doing. You know, yeah, it's all the stuff that you hear around town, you know, yeah, at, at bars and in restaurants on street corners, you know. Um, coming out of people's cars and trucks it's just that's what you hear and so that's and I was the word I was thinking of was Tejano music oh yeah Tejano okay cool um, but yeah um, you know I just, I like the mix of that and the country and western um, especially when it comes out of here and like I said I've heard you do it I've heard um, Tommy Luke do it um, and there's been some other even like folkier people like um Josh, I can't remember his last name now. Josh with the big red beard. He used to sing songwriter around here a lot way back when. Probably around that okay. same time period. Um, if I said his name, you would know him, but I, I, his yeah. name. Well, yeah, I mean, Abel's responsible for a lot of that in our scene, for sure. I mean, he played on all the, he played on my first record, uh, Songs We're Singing, and he played on Tommy Luke's record, too, and he's been in all of Tommy Luke's videos or whatever that they that they did. Uh yeah, he's been a great kind of, since he's been out on his own, I think, you know, he's a bit more focused on that stuff and, and it's paid off for him too. So, yeah, no, I think that's cool because I've, I've heard a lot of the songs that he's played on and, um, and probably seen him play with you guys. And I didn't make the connection when I saw him fronting the Squeezebox band. Yeah, he was cause a I don't know him. You know. Yeah, he was a little nervous back in the day singing, didn't quite believe in his voice, but I can see that he's got his chops now. He's Dude, got he's so good. He sounds great, yeah. yeah. So I'm proud of him. You know, it's good to see him singing. He's a good singer. He's got a nice tone. It's not obtrusive. It bothers him. Yeah, but it's it, also a quality. It fits know. exactly for what he does. It's perfect for what he's doing, you know. Yeah. And my daughter w- was with me, and she's like, she's not a country and western um, fan at all. You know, I mean, she's 18 and likes whatever modern rock is nowadays or whatever. Um, right. And, um, but no, she was really digging it. She's she, you know, she was saying that she really likes it. And it's always different whenever you see somebody there doing their thing than it is to hear it on a record. You can, you can like it, but when you see them do it, you're like, Oh, this is so cool. Even if it's not something yeah. that you would normally be into. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Man, your daughter's growing up a lot. Shoot. First time we did this first of the year podcast has been years ago. She, uh, when I think I even came to your house one time, uh, 
Yeah, and she's probably um, nine or ten, and she's like eight. Uh, <laughs> I know. So yeah, that was amazing to see her all dressed up and at the award ceremony, and you know, uh, yeah, just growing up, man. That's cool. It's got to be exciting for you. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, um, yeah. I remember whenever um, the rec room um, was being torn down, so they had like a big like show for the last a couple of days that it was open. It's like the last time we ever going to play here. And let, you know, that's how it was open. And so we went the, the last day that it was going to be open or whatever. And, and we took Zoe with us and she was like two or three. And, um, there were pictures at the time of her, you know, sitting up there kind of dancing in the crowd or whatever, while these, you know, just garage rock, punk rock bands are, are playing on, on stage. And it's like, she knows she's going to grow up and be a cool girl. She's not going to even, you know, she'll be able to, to say that she was at, at the rec room, Right before right. It, it was torn down, which may not mean n- nothing to her now, but if she stays interested in local music and in local music lore and stuff, that'll be a stripe that she'll wear on her. You know, I was there when I was two. You know, <laughs> exactly. And so and it's, yeah. and it's cool. She's so, been wow. to she's been to you know Lola since then, and then like the new Lola since then, and you know she's been to Mass and she's been to the Bro- I mean, she's been to a lot of the places. You know, and seen a lot mm-hmm. of bands. She's seen more local bands than probably a lot of people. You know just kind of hanging out and stuff no for sure yeah i mean yeah she's lucky to have you as a pops you know taking her around everywhere well i'm lucky that she even you know that she even likes it because i mean she right. could just be like this is so lame whatever you know like yeah we went to uh oh it was it was a dreamy life thing and it was whenever they had it in like a warehouse on page or somewhere over there um it was it, it was a record store thing, but it was before it was before Mass, and it was before the little library place in Fairmont. Okay, it was before that. But anyways, they had a show there, and Leon played, you know, and so yeah. and she was there, and she was like nine or ten or whatever, and it's like so it was like eight people there, but she was one of them, and it's like she can always oh, that's awesome. huh? Oh yeah, I said, that's awesome. It is I love awesome. Leon's yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but um, but you know, now whenever we see him on. TV at the Grammys or whatever, you know, she can always say like, "Oh yeah, I saw him play whenever he was nobody," you know. And he's cool in her in her age group too. I mean, everybody, everybody in the you know teens and twenties knows who Leon Bridges is for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what it would be like now. The last time I saw Leon was when the Grotto was open, and I was there, and right. he, he was there. Um, there was a crowd around him, and I was walking in, and. Um, he said hey to me and I said hey and he said hey how's your daughter and I was like she'll be thrilled that you asked about her you know so oh. she's doing good or whatever and when so I thought that was so cool that you know that he asked that is about cool. and so but anyways yeah he's a great dude yeah well I used to see him I saw him you know during the pre-COVID a little bit more down in the 7th street area he would come into Landmark sometimes or go over to Magnolia or over at uh, Ampersand make the rounds and hang out with his folks or all his, you know, his people that he likes and, uh, say hi to everybody that he used to hang out with, you know? So he's always been really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, I love a good Leon story because the, the, say, the official story is that he never, you know, he never played a show in front of, in front of anybody more than, you know, two people or whatever. And so it's always cool to hear these little, you know, those shows were a big deal back then, even for, for local artists, you know, uh, playing dreamy life, the library, even if there was only 10 people there, that was like, a 
listening room, a ch- an opportunity to showcase who you were to the scene. You know, the scene was just so much smaller back then. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Uh, the population of the city has just exploded to where, you know, things are just way different now. I mean, those kind of shows seem meaningless, I guess, and, and retro- like now, in retrospect for me, too. But, the uh, that was really neat, you know. I, I really miss Robbie and Jennifer's influence in the local scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got my window open because it's unseasonably warm a week after yeah, it was unseasonably cold. <laughs> I know. This time last week, it was like 20 degrees. Yeah, and I, I know it, man. And I got my windows open because it's like 70 degrees outside now. Um, oh, yeah. But not only did I want to make a point about the weather I, I told myself that a train's going to come by and when it when when it does don't forget to talk about um your album your album the transcendental railroad, railroad. yes transcendental railroad okay cool um, yeah i loved it i think it's really cool that you can only get it on amplify 817 and i have, yeah i have changed it. you can now get it on Bandcamp too okay that's, okay that's you can get the whole album yeah and i did do it only with amplify for about six months I think that's neat, you know, because you know, yeah, because they gave you the or you gave them the exclusive for having you on as one of their artists. Exactly. Or yeah. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, well, no, I listened. Yeah. I listened to one of the podcasts that that, that you're on, and you talked t- t- talked about. It. I thought that was really interesting, and I thought that was um, there's just a neat thing, you know, that they do by paying for your, you know, because if if nobody knows, it's like when you become an artist on there, they buy what like your album or like licensing or whatever so they can play your music you know yep, and so anybody do. that wants to come and, li- and listen to your a- album then they can for free you've already been paid they paid for it exactly. or whatever exactly and so mm-hmm. and you were like well that's cool so i'm not going to put it on spotify and apple and all these other places so that way you know they'll come here and listen to it which will send traffic to exactly their, if you know. you yeah yeah and i hope that that helped a little bit um, you know, I think that what they're doing is really cool. And the fact that they're paying, you know, they're paying the artists, uh, I think it's like $300 for the licensing lifetime licensing fee, which for guys like me and most people on there, that's probably the first or second licensing deal we've ever done, you know, and, um, just gets, creates that momentum, you know, and, uh, to have someone curators believe in, believe in my music, I, I feel honored, you know, so, I want to be a part of that group and that, and that, um, you know, it's government funded. So when I got my check for 300 bucks, it was from the city of Fort Worth. So yeah. it's our tax dollars. Right. It's paying, for, it's paying for that. And so, so that was really cool. Yes. Yeah, so there's so many times where like, I don't like the way the government's spending my money. It's like, this is one of those times where it's like, I'm happy with how the, the government's spending my money. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If, if I could say, take more of my money, and put it towards this kind of stuff and less towards bombs, that, that's fine too, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, which is hard to say in Lockheed Martin town, you know. I know, it is. <laughs> it, it's a really weird, man, it's it's so hard because it's like, I want to be, you know, anti-war, peacenik, and all this kinds of stuff, but, you know, yet it's like, I really kind of get a kick out of taking my kid to see all the warbirds, you know. <laughs> It was, it was really neat, you know, and talking to the veterans and all all this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, you know, it's like, um, in their heart of hearts, they're serving, you know, they're serving 
there's no there's no higher honor than to serve your fellow man you know when you do it for country or whatever and so mm-hmm. I, i'm more mad at the governments that create these wars and the rich people that cre- create yeah. these wars than i am these heroes that fight them because yeah. they're fighting for a good cause the people that started this nonsense aren't you know right yeah it's taken me a long it's taken me a while to, to come to terms with that as well you know that most service members and most civilians that work at Lockheed are just got people like you and me. You know, they have a family, they want to live, or, you know, they have a idea for who they are, and mm-hmm. they're just trying to live, live a life, you know. Um, I started watching uh, the, the movie 1923. It's one of the sequel or prequels to um, Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this one yet? No, I know Harrison Ford's in it, but that's all I know. Yeah, so Harrison Ford's in. Well, in the first, uh, I'm like 30 minutes into the first episode. I started it last night and uh, couldn't finish it tonight. But uh, one of the things that they were talking about in the first episode was that some of these, some of these sheep herders had too many sheep and they couldn't sell them to the government anymore because the war was over. So I'm assuming that would be World War One, and. Um, and so now they're all in a bind. Even even the cattle cattle herd cattle ranchers were in a bind too. They they had nobody to sell all this meat to, you know, and all this animal and livestock. And uh, so they were, you know, they didn't have enough land to graze them. And so they were all kind of coming up on financial ruin because the war was over. And and it was just uh, eye opening for me because I always kind of have understood that powers that be. Uh, you know the timber industry they can get together and have a lobby you know and and spend a lot of money to make sure we don't you know make laws against things that would affect their bottom line mm-hmm. you know this kind of stuff goes on today but i and in the you know the uh what is it the military industrial complex they mm-hmm. you know definitely benefit from the war machine and making they make a lot more money when when we're at war, uh, and as a country and, and anywhere in the world. Um, uh, but I'd never took into consideration that maybe the cattle ranching association also, or the stockholders, or I can't remember the name of their, their group, but I, yeah, it was a new perspective for me that, man, these people were also selling stuff to the government and they also make more money during wartime, you know? And I was like, damn, it's all the way down to the food, you know? It's like, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, that's funny you mentioned that just because i was just thinking about that uh yesterday watching that show so i'm excited to see how that develops and what else they go into huh that is interesting yeah because that's you know that's one of the ways that it's just i don't know how you cut off from it but that's yeah that's especially here that's how we make a lot of our money and when, when i say here i don't mean here in fort worth i mean here in this nation you know it's so weird that we end the war in Afghanistan and now we're just giving billions of dollars to Ukraine and it's like I I understand that they're being invaded and stuff I'm just just man these these people who make these bombs they just keep figuring out a way to get more money you know it just so happens that oh look at this one war ends and another one starts okay well yeah. it's <laughs> it's really wild uh, yeah I still I'm still on the a little bit on the peacenik side but you know, living my comment was, you know, our the forward economy is really driven by these government contracts to build, uh, you know, not only war machines, but uh, you know, the majority of it is is planes and uh, things we sell to to other countries and stuff. I, you know, I wish I knew a lot more about it, but I know that, uh, yeah, Fort Worth is definitely uh, our economy is heavily. Uh, 
connected or tightly connected with government bonds and funds and things like that you know nope yeah, and, uh, I, I tell you what i didn't man, know that when i was a kid if i got offered a job tomorrow making sixty, seventy thousand dollars at lockheed martin i'd i'd quit the job i got now and i'd go work there right yeah you know exactly. and it's like i mean i could be against it and, and that kind of stuff but i can also be like yeah i kind of want to i'd like to live a little bit better than what i'm living now and if you know making grommets or whatever <laughs> you know we'll yeah, afford, I think, no, I, we'll afford to do that then, then yeah i'll do it whatever <laughs> and that's but i'm just that's the mindset i mean you can't you know i don't know it's crazy so um the last song that you released um hello to the light was that your newest mm-hmm. one yeah man. yeah um that's a really great song going into the new year thank you thank you you know but i mean just like the subject matter just uh you know goodbye to the bad life hello to the light um that's the way yeah, we try to oh, go ahead i would say that's the way that we try to end um every year anyways right you know right there's just so much double entendre in that song is what i i really and you know i enjoy my own work and that is one of the things that i enjoy about that song a lot is there's so much uh so much double entendre in there that yeah hello you know goodbye to the bad life hello to the light you know there's uh the religious or or spiritual undertones of course but like you just mentioned you know the new year to from the old year um but also you know the song's about a guy who dies from you know not stopping so the only reason why he's saying goodbye saying goodbye to the bars is because he's dead (laughs) you know so see that i thought that's kind of where i went when I listened to it, but then I was like, ah, I kind of just made it that he was dying. You know? So, I mean, that's good to know, but as a listener, or at least, you know, um, I took it as more of a metaphorical or metaphysical death or whatever. No, for sure. Yeah. And also, you Which know, you, can uh, do, you know, yeah. Well, I'm a believer that, you know, everyone goes to heaven or whatever, you know, everyone goes to the light after we're done here, you know, your deeds, even, you know, I would even go so far as say murderers and rapists and, you know, the worst types of people, um, go to a better place, you know, um, even though they might not deserve it. And I think that that's kind of an underlying spiritual Christian message or Jesus message that might be in that song that, yeah, I mean, this guy was a bad dude. Uh, even the dogs got quiet when he comes around, you know. Uh, but he's a, you know, what does it say? I'm a holy roller treading two wide lines, you know. Uh, so maybe it's a car accident, or maybe those two wide lines are a couple lines of cocaine. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Uh, does 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 God send cocaine users to hell? Well, you know, I don't I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, my belief would be that that uh, uh, the higher power is about love, and that uh, and unconditional love, even when our human perspective might not see an individual as deserving of that. And so I was kind of poking fun at, um, at, uh, at, at, um, popular modern day religious Christianity in that, you know, it's heaven or hell, you know, and your deeds here on earth determine if you're going to spend an, an eternity in, in hell and damnation and fiery brimstone pain and suffering or if your deeds here in this life are going to allow you to live in this paradise and i just i don't believe in that paradigm whatsoever you know i think that um of course we want to try and do good by ourselves and others but that that unconditional love is something that is hard for humans to understand and something that 
that I strive for, and I'm terrible at it, of course, and uh, most people are trying for love. I fail daily, and and so, you know. Anyways, it's funny to think that somebody who who just does, you know, who could stay out all night and just run and gun, you know, it's like it's not enough when the bars are closed. You know, I burned down the bars, the or burnt up the bars. The town's red with my blood. There's no going home. I'm half dead and full drunk. You know, uh, where do you go then? You know, that's about the two thirty a.m. call there's places to go there's still stuff to do but you know you start getting into a shadier crowd and taking more risk you're driving you know driving drunk hanging out with maybe not such good people and you know it's, uh, and then you know addiction can come into that too and cocaine and red wine breath like turpentine snorted so much ain't got no more spine you know basically saying like nothing that you say anymore means anything because you're spineless at that point you know you're just um fulfilling some uh flesh-based desire you know or, or riddled with chemical and physio- physiological addiction you know until you die <laughs> you know so the the yeah. course says too uh this life here is wasted but i've had a good night <laughs> you know goodbye I, okay. to the bad life yeah to the light <laughs> so it's kind of like fuck it i'm gonna go out there and have a fucking good time you know the character perspective and i think a lot of I've lived that way uh, certain times and may have nights like that coming up in the future. And I know other people have too. It's not a criticism against that. No, I, th- I think anytime I've been in a place um, where I was like that, it was more of a, just a, at least for me, it was more of a, it just didn't care. You know, it was always like, whatever happens, happens. You just don't care. You're just in that deep kind of depression or whatever. You know, where you'll put yourself in um, dangerous places that you know you shouldn't be at. And you're like, I don't care, whatever. You know, whatever happens, happens. I don't, I just don't care, you know? Um, yeah. And that's yeah. A, yeah it, it's a dark, scary place to be at. Yeah. I think, and, and I think, I, and then, but, you know, and like, but mentioning, taking it back to what you said, uh, I am also pushing against like famous songs by like Tyler Childers, White House Road, which, you know, he is also even come to terms and then you can tell in his newer album that he's a bit more remorseful about those behaviors where but white house roads like you know we've been sniffing that cocaine uh uh ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold you know uh kind of glorifying cocaine same with some other other artists out there and so this is my pushback too that maybe we need a banger that's like saying goodbye to the bars goodbye to cocaine like yeah, goodbye okay. to the yeah. shit you know so there was an explicit message of like yeah fuck that lifestyle you know but and then that's what i said that's what i love i like to try and do that in my writing and in my work is make it layered and uh i think about that a lot you know and how how if you dissect it you have different little things that, that can mean something but overall it can mean something too you know, but there, yeah, the chorus is an explicit message. You know, goodbye to the cocaine, goodbye to the bars, goodbye bad credit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hello there I are, and that's kind of a uh, an allusion to uh, Roger Miller. You know, um, and the way that he would speak in those kind of ways, a purple circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I know exactly but, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And so the hello there I are is kind of like there I are. I I'm dead. I made it to heaven, man. but so it brings it back into the other story. But those three lines, you know, goodbye to the cocaine, goodbye to the bars, goodbye bad credit. It's like you know, quitting the bars and quitting the drugs 
in my you know in my experience since i don't go to the bars nearly as much um because i live uh in the middle of fucking nowhere now mm-hmm. uh, that's been a blessing and but my credit is better now <laughs> you know i've been able to save more money and pay off some stuff and i'm not like living dollar to dollar you know because part of going out every night is spending half your pay on on you know alcohol drugs and tipping you know you gotta sure. tip the bartender uh-huh. so, yeah. yeah and then when the bartender gets off they take those tips and they go out and spend about half of it doing the same thing <laughs> exactly because you've worked on that side too yeah 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 and we fuel the i mean the music uh industry feels you know forward so we've said this before it's a a drinking town with a music problem and we're kind of anybody who's an aspiring artist or creative person is just really fortunate to live here because despite any bad any any dark journeys that we might all have to take uh in order to get to higher levels that we want to go to uh this is the place that you can get your start and you know people are still moving here you know there was a point this year where there was more gigs than there were musicians and that's the first time i'd seen that in dfw so you could just come in with no gigs under your belt and get paid 200 bucks for three hours which you know i spent my first two years on the west side making 50 dollars for three hour gigs you know and doing free showcases and playing the cellar for free and grotto and things like that you know so it's been a really cool year um for the local you know and it's not just the forward scene anymore i know we do have one but it's like the greater dfw kind of the metropolitan metro metroplex you know yeah um it is still a little separated and of course i think forward's way cooler yeah than uh, the rest than the rest of the towns <laughs> well, especially Dallas. yeah well the cool thing is is that you know for so long, everybody would leave wherever they were and, and go to Dallas and play. And so now people are leaving right. wherever they are and they're coming here to play. Right. I, mean, I, mean, I, see, I see bands from Denton play here and bands from Dallas play, play here, or Irving, Arlington, wherever, right. but they come to play here instead of going to Dallas. I mean, they probably go to Dallas too, but this is an option now as well, which is good for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, have you had any any big moments over the over the past year it seems as as you get older one year kind of runs into the next and it's hard to tell you know but has yeah. it, was there any big things over the past year that well i did walk the camino again for yes. my second time you did yeah right. April and, May. and man it was great and i was writing a lot about it but uh uh it's just uh it really has opened a lot of i've had a lot of personal growth the end of this year you know and uh some of it's been really hard but uh in a good way you know mm-hmm. trying to go like deep dive into the psyche I, it reminds me of herman has steppenwolf i think the opening page says this is for mad men only you know um and uh really trying to get into the deep deep dark waters of like the recesses of my mind and and uh the subconscious and trying to figure out how you know how much how much uh, I'm not in control, you know, that my, the subconscious mechanisms of my life and maybe traumas and things like that kind of inform my behaviors without me being that aware of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's been really eye opening and very beneficial. I mean, the, uh, there's a great book called as a man thinketh, uh, it's pretty secular, but it definitely has a little bit of spirituality and, um, talks about some some portions that mention god i mean the, the title comes from a, a bible verse as a man thinketh in his heart so he so he is or so is he um 
but it's really philosophical and that it's just trying to uh, break down some ideas of how to become a better man and uh, I think that some of those things are coming to fruition for me that um, proving myself wrong you know I used to I like to think that bad people get rich you know because of their badness and good people stay poor because of their righteousness you know and, and part of that book asks you to question that by actually proving it to yourself so yeah are you good you know is kind of what it asks you am i good uh, what vices could i cut out what what behaviors could i stop and um where do these behaviors come from why do i feel this way you know and the more, and it also says once a man starts to, once a human being, you know, it's written in the 20s, so mm-hmm. gender bias, of course. But once a human being starts to uh, make strides at bettering themselves, the the exponential return is there. You uh, life changes rapidly. You, and I think the word that I say is you move through a rapid succession of vicissitudes or something like that. As as you move towards uh, your better self, but it takes effort, you know? So <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back in September to walk the Camino again and uh, keep this journey going for myself, you know, and, uh, and uh, continue to try and, uh, you know, recognize who I am. See, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any kids or a wife and stuff. I think that that helps people grow and I'm sure you could attest to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, it's like my relationship with a higher power is what's helping me grow. And maybe I'll get it to the point where I can have a strong uh, partner relationship with a woman and maybe have uh, maybe have a child one day, you know, I'm getting to be 40. So I don't know. Maybe that stuff will happen. But um, anyhow, those are the big that, monumental yeah. things. Yeah, those are those are the monumental things is the self-growth. The, I'm gigging six nights a week all year long uh, for the last two years. So. It seems like it. It just seems like every night you've got a gig. Yeah, Every, I did, except yeah. my, I said Mondays. Yeah. Okay. No, that's awesome, man. You know, because it keeps you busy. Because if if you ain't if you ain't work out, because I've I've always heard it, if you ain't working, then you're spending money. And so if you're working yeah. six days a week, you don't really have time to spend money. Yeah. Or well, I've been really. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I've been frugal too. I've saved a lot. Uh, about to pay off this land. You know, that's been a big goal. I got lucky finding my little 50 foot by 50 foot lot. Uh-huh. I've got this camper, you know, my parents gave me this camper, but it's, I still had like six or seven years on the, on the uh, mortgage on it or whatever on the, uh, on the payments. So I've been paying those and we're almost done or I'm almost done with that with the land and the camper. And I think I'm going to finish that by the end of 2023. So that's my main goal. And then I might not spend so much time in DFW playing. I, it's not that I don't like it, but I want to go to Nashville and try to get a publishing agreement or go to LA and, you know, get maybe be in some commercials or something, you know, try mm-hmm. to do some acting or get an agent, get a manager, um, try to also get publishing agreements there. You know, I see myself as writing songs every day for other people. Um, but I also see a possibility of me being a singer, you know, and a, a well-known singer, you know, but, you know, you should never know. I don't know. Man, look, I I think both of those are are p- 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 possible. We were driving um, and listening um, to something, and I was telling Diane, I was like, you know, there's I go, I'll hear stuff on the radio, like when I go, because I don't listen to the radio, but like I'll go to Discount Tire all day long with, with with my job, and so they've always got different music on and stuff, and so I hear all this different stuff that I don't always hear, and I'm like. And sometimes I can I can hear where it's like that kind of sounds like 
a more watered down, weaker version of some local band that I like. You know what I mean? And it's just like I don't understand yeah. how there. I go, you know, there there are some bands like they just they should be on the radio. You know, I think Hand of the Archer is one of those bands. that's like I can hear them on national alternative radio. You know. Oh yeah, and, and then you know, and she was like, she was like, I don't understand why Joe Savage isn't on every country radio station. I was like, I don't know. She's like, he has the, the the perfect voice and the great writing, and I'm like, I know, you know, but I don't quite hear the country. But when I hear a country radio, I don't hear. I mean, you hear the bro country stuff or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this that's kind of got to be hard to to break through. I know that there are some towns that have. Um, different types of country music where it's not the mainstream i guess there's i mean I, i'm sure that there's an alternative version of mainstream popular country that gets played isn't, isn't there like a alternative country radio station like an edge for the for, for country and western yeah I, I mean i don't know i i think I, for me it's like radio's dead you know i mean yeah you you're one of the you know i know i don't know uh yeah anybody i ask hey do you listen to the radio they're like no um, you know, or they'll be like, I listen to the ticket or I listen to NPR, mm-hmm. you know, but us local guys, you know, we were listening to 97, 97.5 The Pirate and uh, KXT. What's that one? Uh, 90, 91.7 90, 91. Yeah, 91.7 KXT. Yeah, yeah. The other local radio show. Um, so us local cats, yeah, we're into it, but I don't know who's listening to fucking radio. <laughs> I just don't know who it is, but yeah i have a lot to say about that because uh i spent you know i spent quite a few thousand dollars on what's called radio distribution for my album el camino and then thank you for the compliments uh on my voice and that you think i should be on there um but uh that wasn't enough so i spent twenty five hundred dollars to have el camino sent to all of the texas radio stations and all of the uh nashville and uh regional americana stations so mm-hmm. basically the south you know and that was with two different companies one was called cd tex cdtex and the other was called cdx and out of those two cd tex is definitely the better and more honest and reputable one and they have some analytics you can see within their website of how many times. So what they do, you you send them your single, you send them uh, some money. CD Text is really reasonable. It was like one hundred and fifty dollars per song. Uh, so for an album, it'd be quite you know about a thousand or mm-hmm. fifteen hundred. You send them that money, and then they send out an email to this database of over five hundred radio stations and DJs in Texas. And then they show you if they've they would tell you on their website if those emails have been opened or not. And uh, so then it's really up to you to follow up. Um, and and that's what I was CDX. Um, that was a way more expensive. And it could because, you know, they called me and told me this whole story about Luke Holmes, you know, came to them and was like, can you please put my song Beautiful Crazy on there? And they cut him a deal. And then that's how Beautiful Crazy went. It went you know, it made me feel like they had believed in my stuff and heard it. And so I shelled out, you know, quite a bit more money there. And then when I wasn't getting a single radio play, like not even on, you know, I know Shane Hollinger spun one of my songs and there was a record station and a radio station in Lubbock that also played one of my tunes, but that was it. And then, so I called the CDX and I was like, yo, I don't have any spins at all. I was like, like, what's going on? Like, and, uh, 
And he said, well, you need to do a marketing campaign. And I was like, well, what does that cost? And he's like, well, that's another $10,000, you know. Of course. (laughs) And and he recommended me a few different people. Now, internet radio is a little bit different. Um, There are people who own the radio, the internet radio stations at the same time as they own the internet radio charts, right? So, and at the same time, they work as internet radio publicity people, marketing people, Mark Sebi being one of them. And uh, so you can pay him 1500 to $5,000 and you're guaranteed to get on the charts, the internet radio charts for sure. And I mean, I, you know, uh, internet radio is just not as legit. You know what I'm saying? So sure. um, some internet radio stations are legit. They do report. And so you do get paid for those spins. Um, Texas Red Hot Radio is pretty cool. A uh, couple other ones, uh, that I can't, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. There's some great ones. There are some legitimate people out there trying to do something professional and legitimate, but there are there are other things that are just straight pay to play, and you got to use that momentum to get yourself somewhere. So if you you know what I'm saying, you're not going to land on the the Texas Regional Radio Report because that's a radio. That's not internet radio, you know. And to get on that, I've heard that you got to spend upwards of like twenty to a hundred thousand dollars if you have. $20,000 you'll chart. You can maybe get a number one for one week. And it's not, you know, pay, payola is illegal. So sure. this is not, it's not a, it's not a black and white thing that's happening. But someone like, someone like Luke Combs, who's made it at this point, has his management company or Nashville Warner, you know, they signed Cody Johnson. They have the money to spend on $100,000 on a radio campaign. So oh, yeah. Then you're it's on nothing. It. Yeah. And, so then you're on every radio station in the nation, you know. Uh, but yeah, I don't have hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> so that's why I'm not on the radio. Even though maybe I could be, um, and I can't go back down that road and try again. And there's no animosity. It's all it's all a learning curve. Sure. Um, no, I mean you got to yeah. try. You got to you know, you know, try everything. You know. There was that story. I can't remember. I think his name was. It wasn't Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim is the guy that was singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Um, but it was some dude who had like one hit in the 80s or whatever. Um, it was a real sad song. Um, but he went, what he did was he just got in his car with like a box full of tapes and just went from coast to coast, just, just going to all the radio. You know, I'm sure he didn't go to every radio station, but he went to you know every radio station that he could over a period of time. You know, knocking doors and just here, put my song in. Eventually, by doing that, and I think just the story itself ended up getting him like a number one song. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever heard from him again. You know, I don't know whatever right. became him. You know, but some of those people, man, they may, if you could get in there and get a song that went number one, even just for like a month or two, or just was like a summer sensation or something like that. That would open up so many doors to where even if you were even if you weren't like a household name or something like that, you would you could still work in the industry and probably get paid pretty well for the rest of your life from having exactly. a you know what I mean? Just yeah, from having yeah, a yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you may not be well, getting Yeah. Yeah, so I've got, well, you know, I focus my time on streaming now. And so every twenty thousand streams is about ninety dollars. So I had a one song get 45,000 streams on Spotify. And so that's about $180, which is cool. You know, I mean, that's more than I've ever made. And I'm, yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm a, yeah. 
uh, you know, I'm on the up- uptick there, you know, and, and, and then also building your fan base, all this money, that they, the reason why a Luke Holmes or someone like that or Nashville Warner music would spend a hundred thousand dollars on a radio campaign is not for the money they're going to make on the streams or on the radio plays. No, it's for the money they're going to make selling out shows. Yeah. That and merchandise. Um, and merchandise. Yeah. But the Ticketmaster and Live Nation, they're, they've merged. So, you know, they're, they're, they have they have contracts. Like Live Nation did what's called vertical integration, which is they integrated themselves at every level of the music industry over the last 10 years. So they have exclusive contracts at a lot of places. So if you want to play live, so you say like, you know, this Luke Holmes guy does this radio campaign. Everyone loves him now. And now he needs a place to play. And he's not going to go to Filthy's McNasty's in the Stockyards and play because there's not enough seats there for all the fans that want to see him. You know, he's going to go to Dickie's or maybe Billy Bob's. But I think he's too big for both of those places, too. I mean, he just played the 60,000-seat Cotton Bowl. Cody Jinks opened that show. Zach Bryan was one of the openers, too. Oh, wow. Okay. And so and that's a big deal. I mean, then those tickets, they, the way that they sell tickets now, it's not like a set price where you go on to buy a ticket to a baseball game. It's like front row is 300 or 1,000 or whatever, and up in the bleachers is going to be 50 a piece, And they're all available at the same time. It's like they release only a certain amount of tickets to the public and they they have these logarithms that give them data you know from data collection agencies like facebook and instagram and whatsapp that give them an idea of who might want to buy the ticket right and so they they can base their price on this they you know on how many people they think might want to buy it and then they can inflate the price by uh inflating the demand by not releasing all the tickets at once you know and then they give tickets. Then they've also merged with SeatGeek and these other places, these scalpers, secondary markets. So Live Nation and Ticketmaster take a hit there, or they take a cut there too. Um, so you're not actually getting, it's just like a way for them to give a secondary option that seems like, oh, well, the reason why I didn't buy my ticket, even though I was signed in at that moment, pushed by, it was already sold out within 10 minutes. Well, that was because, you know, big whales came and bought everything but now i can try to buy it at sea geek but then sea geek using these same logarithms to to inflate the price or deflate the price based on demand you know and it's just crazy you know i'm hearing people going and paying three thousand dollars to see tyler childers at red rocks that's like something i would never do but it that's the whole point now is like seeing your favorite musician is going to be a once in a lifetime experience and right. like you know taylor swift tickets were like 300 grand or some shit i don't know it's something crazy and and you can't really i mean i don't know where where i don't (laughs) you know for me thinking about my career it's like um it's like yeah what do you do you know if this is if this is what's coming you know uh what do you do you know tom petty always tried to keep like at least like you know a thousand twenty dollar tickets you know for like normal people to come see him because i watched a cool video recently on youtube there's a great youtube channel that talks about a lot of this stuff and i'm probably paraphrasing a bunch of his their research but he was talking about like what ends up happening is that the people who really support these artists careers aren't even allowed to go to the shows they just can't afford it they're priced out and then you know some the richer people the more affluent americans there are by people around the world are they're the ones that can go to these shows but they don't actually support the career beyond that show you know so no, i don't know it's all they're going because it's, it's, it's a place to be that's the place to be and so whoever's, yeah 
it doesn't become about the show at all. It's just about, oh, I'm at Taylor Swift. You know, I got to go to Taylor Swift or whatever the big, you know. But yeah, the guy, the guy and girl who's buying the the twenty four dollar vinyl record at Walmart with you know their with their last twenty bucks. You know, they don't they can't afford to go see their hero live. You know. So and, uh, I, yeah, I think that's fucked up. So I remember Michael Nesmith, um, the monkey. Um, one of the monkeys um, before he passed he was he had I don't know whatever ha- happened to it but at one time he had a um, a website I think it was called Video Ranch and um, I think what his idea was what his ultimate goal was or his ultimate vision was was a place to where bands could play right and they would somehow be connected to the computer or whatever and their little avatars would be on stage and then right and then you could come and see from your house you could sit there and you could make your little avatar and you can go and then watch this band play in this virtual world you know and um it's like well that that's really cool and, and not even now but i think that's I mean, nothing ever came of it. It's obviously not this big, huge thing that everybody's doing, but I still think there's something there. And I think whenever more and more people get into like Oculus and it, that kind of stuff happens and you could actually put on like, you know, like headphones and like a big thing to where you're actually like at a venue and you could see, yeah. you know, and I could see Joe Savage playing at the Fillmore in San Francisco. It'd be kind of cool. Right. You know? And so yeah. and you're just in your house, but you got your little helmet on and you got your guitar or whatever, and everything's all wired into your stuff and you do your show and it looks like you're on this stage at this historic place. You know, you're playing CBGBs in New York or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then all yeah, your yeah. fans could go in and, and you could sell cheap tickets. You could sell $20, t- you know, whatever. And, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I mean the meta, the metaverse or whatever, right? The kind of thing. Yeah, and, and, and Matthew, Matthew, you know, you know Matthew Broyles. Yeah, let's Matthew say he, show. he does something like that similar in that One Life or whatever it's called. Second Life, Se- yeah, yeah, Second Life. Well, he's been around dec- a decade or more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and but, he does have a fan base, and yeah, it's a, you got to sign in, and it's still third person though. You're sitting at your PC, and right, you're watching it. Um, yeah, and uh, what the gorillas too? They did kind of the opposite, you know. They didn't want the tour, so they created that the gorillas, uh, uh, that band. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's all cartoons. Yeah. It's all cartoons, so they don't even have to go. They can, they can stay at home and send their avatars to to the live stages, and people can still go to live stage and watch that, which I think is kind of cool too. Uh, yeah, what I'm trying to do is, you know, I, I do sell so Tiger in the Room and a Transcendental Railroad are both available at my shows and you can order vinyl from me directly sometimes i have it on my show but i'm still trying you know people talk about oversaturation and you know i I had a conversation with someone recently that uh that i trusted for a long time that you know uh told me you know i'm not cool you know that i'm not in the cool crowd that i'm not doing things right and that i'm never gonna make it do you know ain't nobody ever made no music no money on no music but uh because of my business model but my business model is is paying off like i'm creating long-lasting relationships with with venue owners and i'm providing a service i'm a help and sell food i really understand what my my job is so i'm not i'm doing probably 80 percent covers and 20 percent originals at, at my shows six nights a week but i'm not playing places like tulips or uh, filthy mcnasties or anywhere where you're expected to do original music uh, and 
but I have my merchandise available and I give a lot of merch away for free because I'm building that organic fan base mm-hmm. locally. You know, there's over a million people living in Fort Worth. There's over 6 million people in this Metroplex. You know, it's a, uh, if I could just convince 100,000 people to give me a dollar, a dollar a year, um, then my life would be different. No, you're right, man. I'm telling you, you're, I thought about this too. I thought about that same, same thing. It's like there's 750,000 or 800,000 in Fort Worth proper. It's like, why can't I get like 2,000 people to listen to this show? That's not that many. 2,000 out of 800,000 or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, but yeah, it's, it's hard to get it out there. But, uh, but no, I think you're doing it right because you're working, you're doing like a lot of the restaurants and th- things like that. So you may be in there. You know, and somebody's just eating dinner, and then they're like, they keep hearing you sing, and they're like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. And they come over and check out your booth table on the way out, and they go home and, and Google you and go to, you know? Yeah, it happens every day now. And I, I've made some of these, I made new cards where I have a QR code on it. Uh, I, get, I give away free stickers. There's a, you know, a place called U Printing, the, the letter U, then printing.com, and you can get two by two inch stickers of any color or black and white of any image uploaded and it has my website on it so you know the, a big thing that a lot of guys at my level won't do or fail to do is to keep paying the 40 dollars a month for like a Squarespace or 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 whatever a comparable uh Just website, kind of website provider. yeah which i do i 40 39.99 a month and it's just a bill that i pay and i have to pay it but i've made my website into something informative and something where you can get to know about me. You can see where I played like on the open page. There's all my accolades like from 2012 when we first did, I think, I think our interview is one of the first things I did or the second thing I did after I did, uh, in the music room and walked Hatchy or something. And then all the way down to 2022 where I was nominated recently for the weekly award with links to get to all that. And then you can go to my C. Joe Savage concert and I post my calendar every month. And then you can go to like, uh, you know, listen by the catalog on Bandcamp, And, um, so getting that traffic to my page, but also getting traffic over to Spotify or the Apple music and to Amazon. And then also me in the back of the house, having to have my Amazon for music app downloaded and page and everything. I'm uh, Apple music for, for artists, uh, Amazon music for artists and Spotify music for artists mm-hmm. where you can go in and you can tweak your pages. You, you know, you have a little bit of control of the analytics and you can see what's happening and you can see if you're growing a fan base or not, you know, and, and doing these walks has played into that as well. Gaining real fans, like taking the time one-on-one, because that's what I decided. It's like for 10000 I almost did a marketing campaign with this guy named Mike Galloway from Nashville who worked at one point with Morgan Wallen. And, uh, you know, and it, it was $10,000 for the first three months. And then it was like $10,000 a month after that, you know, and, and like, so I almost went for the first 10 to first 10,000, but in all these conversations, like I, I, before I spend money, I'm like, what's your favorite song of mine? You know? And then they just stumble, you know, they don't have anything to say. They haven't listened to it. I'm just, they're just going to take my money because right. they know that I don't have enough money to actually make it happen. And they're just trying to feed their family too. You know, it's no big deal, but I'm not ready to do a big marketing campaign like that. So if I take that same $10,000, I could do this community to Santiago walk three times, you know, and I can individually meet hundreds of people from all around the world and, and sit down with them, play them a song on a guitar, play them a song off my phone, give them a free sticker and a card and introduce them to who I am and what's my story. 
And I know that no no marketing company is going to do that. They're right. not going to go make individual connections with these people. And and that's worldwide. But locally, my residencies are packed. I mean, my Tuesdays and Wednesdays have been 18 months now, every Tuesday in Saginaw, Eagles Point. Mm-hmm. People come, and it's an exciting event for them and for me. And, and I'm really nice to everybody. I walk around on my breaks. I give out free merch. I say... You know, is there something that you'd like to hear? And, you know, if I don't know tonight, I'll learn it for you. And I I have learned so much material that I just never thought I would learn and that I used to blindly hate on, but that I like. And I can see Meriden and I understand why people like it. And through that, I'm building a fan base here in town and, uh, and, and in the greater DFW area. And they already are taking care of me i mean these restaurants don't pay me 800 to 1200 dollars a month every month for no reason you know i mean mm-hmm. they're, they're consistently getting a return on on that investment by higher sales when i'm there you know and they can compare the numbers to last year they can compare the numbers to when i'm not there when a fill-in happens you know or you know it's just there's a lot that i learned i learned a lot working for 13th floor you know ken welker gave me a lot of advice starting out when, when i was going to dallas to play you know he's like think about it from the owner's point of view you know a lot of these sad bastard guys they get all angry because they can't get some of these gigs and it's like and that's what ken told me he's like no one wants to fucking listen to them towns van Zant for fucking three hours i'm sorry it's like he it, the owner needs you to play upbeat songs you know uh-huh. blues rock and roll so i've been able to take songs and and make them more palatable to the to the reason why i'm there which is to help people have a good time enjoy themselves and 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 spend more money and you know and in some cases drink more alcohol and eat more food you know yeah uh, and that's that, and and that in the end by accepting that knowing that that's my job i've gained more fans in the last 3 years than i had from 2014 all the way to 2019 you know so but 2019 to 2022 <clears throat> it's been exponential and i think it's those changes that i've made which i'm just doing what luke holmes is doing on a smaller level you know I mean, they're spending all that money to go out and get people to come buy tickets and and see their shows you know and i'm spending all my little money on free merch and stuff so that people will know who i am and go listen to me and show up at my show and tip me you know buy buy another shirt buy another cd and uh yeah it's working to an extent you know yeah it's it's managed you to um i mean you don't have another job i mean this is your job i mean you know which is that's kind of the dream is like you know i want to play guitar and write songs and sing songs and get paid to do it you know be able to pay my bills and buy groceries and buy gas and you know and you're able you're able to do all that and you're able to actually have enough money left over to make another record get some more merch and you know and continue the keep the thing going you know so, so that's an entire yeah i didn't mean to cut you off yeah. no 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 but i'm saying that's awesome because that's the dream you know it's like so many of you know so many guys have to go to work and work their nine to five and then do it do what little they can when they can you know right and i respect those guys i'm very fortunate sometimes i feel lonely but you know i don't have any i don't have a wife i don't have a kid i don't have but it's just me, you know, I can, I can obsessively dedicate my life to this without jeopardizing the lives of others, you know? Yeah. Which, uh, some guys can't. And I totally understand that. And, and I don't respect people who jeopardize their children and their wives' lives. Right. To, 
to this dream you know um that's been a lot of my problems keeping good bands some you know you know some guys in the greater regional and national circuits they use bands in order to get away from their family and maybe they're not always trying to go cheat on their wives or anything but maybe they hate their wife and they just want to pee on the road for a little while right right which is which isn't the answer, you know? Right. <laughs> and also, uh, on the flip coin, maybe they love their wife and they love their dream and their wife supports them. But I can't justify sending them home after a week's worth of work with $450. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, that's, that's not the kind of living that I would respect my my partner to bring home. You know, it's like, yeah. I need to get to a level where I can send these guys back home with a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week you know it's like then mom is happy you know it's like then the kid it justifies the absentee part of being on the road yeah you sure know? And for sure I, and i haven't found that yet you know and so that's i don't you know and, and 2023 is not going to be a big band year for me i'm i'm not i'm not trying to do that i do i am grateful that when the budget's there, I can hire some of the best guys around. I have good relationships with so many great players and musicians in DFW. And uh, so, I mean, but it's not a focus as it has been over the last few years, you know, for me to have like a Joe Savage band um, because there's a lot, there's just a lot there. There's a lot more variables there, yeah. <laughs> you know? So do you, do you have any big plans for 2023? Man, I'm going to grind my ass off until, uh, until September and then I'll go off the Camino again. Uh, but I'm full calendar. I've got six nights a week done booked up January. I've got like four holes in my February. I got about 10 holes in my March. Um, but I'm consistently trying to get those residencies, you know, monthly, monthly, bi-monthly or weekly. That's always what I offer and what I ask for. You know, consistently trying to build better and stronger bridges with agencies and uh, owners. Uh, yeah, paying off my land is the biggest, the biggest plan. The biggest goal, yeah. And one, you know, one big change that I made was, you know, I I spend five hundred bucks minimum on recording costs uh, a month for the since since twenty twenty. Um, and you know, I've got that hello to the light is part of an entire album that I haven't mentioned at all to anyone about. It's just, it was just one of the really cool songs. I don't even know the name of the album yet, but it's another one that Taylor and I did and it has some really cool stuff on there. Cool. I also have another album that I did at Bart Rose, uh, but then in the fit, I recorded it at Bart Rose with Matthew Royals and Tone Summer, but then took it down to Taylor Tash's at Audio Styles and we finished it there. Um, that one's completely done and mastered as well. So I've got 39 songs, or not not 39, sorry, uh, 19 songs that are uh, ready to come out that are part of two different albums, plus Hello to the Light, which will make 20 songs. There are two 10-song albums. And then I still have a few songs to release off Tiger in the Room and uh, Hello to the Light, or Tiger in the Room and The Transcendental Railroad. And then in 2022, I'm going to release... Uh, once I finish releasing all the singles, then those will all come down, and the, and the album will be available on Spotify as an album. You know, like where you could, where you don't have to just kind of flip through the singles that I put out there. Yeah. And as far as Amplify at One Seven approaches me and includes me in what they're doing, um, I still want to be loyal to them. You know, it's a, it means a lot to me to be a part of the, what they're doing. Um, I know that it took a lot of work on their part and they are also 
focusing now on bringing a lot more artists in so it's not going to be as um illustrious to be a member of it going mm -hmm. forward uh, but it might be because maybe that's why they're continuing it maybe they're getting a lot of really good great stuff. positive feedback yeah. yeah so it's a it's hard to tell where that's going to go um but i you know yeah i just love to keep being a part of that too so um yeah bridge building humbling apologizing of course for all my drunken antics <laughs> these will be my 2023 goals <laughs> right on man but dude it was good talking to you yeah you too man and they can find you on is is joe fn it's f frank in november foxtrot november joe fn savage.com joe fn savage.com not a name i'd self-apply now I mean, i'm telling yeah, you i thought I, I this a long time ago I was at the mall and there was a shirt that just said Savage AF on it. And it's like, if I had the money, it's like I wanted to buy it so bad just to give it to you. Thank you. I thought it was so I've awesome. heard that too, yeah. Yeah. So. Being Savage AF, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm getting to where I have some really great shows and then people come up to me and I'm like, they're going to buy a merch or they're going to tell me how cool I am. And they're just like, is that your real name? <laughs> My God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> if you pay me $20, I'll show you my my driver's license. Right. And then when I pull my driver's license out, my name's Joseph Slater Savage. And they're like, oh, my God, what kind of name is this? <laughs> Slater. That's great. Yeah. It reminds me of the dude in uh, Big Lebowski. The dude, not a name I'd self-apply where I come from. Yeah. Or anybody would self-apply where I come from. It's so funny. No, dude, Joe Savage is a great name. You know, it, what's your brother's name? Jason Savage. James yeah. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. it's not as good as Joe. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Savage. So. Yeah. I mean, Jason Savage, because it's, I guess, because it's two syllables. It's just, just a one syllable Joe Savage is, you know, it's like, I, like, I don't think Jeff, like, Jeff Lord, I don't think sounds good because they're both one syllables. It sounds better to say Jeffrey Lord. You have the two syllables and then the one syllable. So it's the opposite yeah. of you. It's Joe, one syllable. Anyways, this is this is crazy end talk. But yeah, man, it's been no, fun. I like that. Well, Go ahead. I say, I'll say that when I hear your name, it makes me think of you as a lord. You know, like I'm primed to already have a, a level of respect that if I had never met you, that you might not be entitled to. You know, uh, priming is a real <laughs> thing in our lives. Like when people see my name, they're like, "Oh, this fucking <laughs> this guy's a maniac." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whatever they think. You know, I, I finally stopped having a fist fight. You know, it's, it's like, or get my butt beat by my teachers and all that stuff. You know, funny, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, um, thank, thank you. It, it was funny. I got um, Dustin shot some drone, some drone video of the Granbury Dam. We we, oh. we camped out there, so I made like a little fishing video or a little camping video of our trip, and he shot some video of the of the of the dam there and i posted it on on youtube and i get an email asking me to call somebody from the state somebody that has to do with the dam or whatever um, right and I, he didn't like the footage that we had to the back of the dam he didn't want that to be on youtube or whatever so it's fine i told, right. him, I told him i would take take i take it down or whatever it, it it was no big deal but the funny thing was was that when i called him um he asked me, you know, I go, um, 
he says, is this Mr. Worm? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is Jeffrey Worm. And he goes, goes is, is that your last name? And I go, no, sir. And he goes, what's your last name? And I go, Jeffrey Lord. <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, I, swear, I swear, you know, my name's not Worm, it's Lord. He's like, why didn't you just stick with Lord? I'm like, just, it was a fishing channel, so Worm or whatever. But it was funny because. Oh, yeah, I love your fishing channel. That's you know, hilarious. Yeah, it, it was just funny because he's like, is your last name really Worm? I was like, no, it's Lord. He's like, what? He's <laughs> like, are you just That's so awesome. So, right, well, next time you're out here, get me up, man. I'm out, yeah, I'm out here off 144. Oh, yeah, it's been a couple years, but no, I definitely want to come out and bring the wife and we can hang out for, for a little while. Then maybe we can launch our kayaks because I know you got the water access down there at yeah, the end or whatever. Yeah, I've got a, a launch at Marina and all that kind of stuff. You didn't get you a kayak because I heard you talking to Andrew and he said that he had a kayak. I mean, we could all go out there and have a whole. The whole day. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I mean, I'd love to do something like that. Yeah. I know, I know Whitney Raquel got a couple of kayaks, and she's been doing it. Uh, Whitney did? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. I'll keep up with that. Yeah. No, no, she's awesome. Well, I'll cook steak. I got a grill and stuff. So oh, that'd, cook that'd some be cool. Steaks and vegetables. And, yeah. Yeah, we should plan it for the spring. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I'll be I'll be here. I've got, I'm going to be gigging, and yeah, I'll be here. All right, man. We're right on. We're good, dude, man. It's always fun talking to you and catching up and again i hope you have a happy new year yeah you too brother i love you jeff and thanks for letting me do this again i really appreciate it oh yeah my pleasure all right brother all right talk to you later bye all right see my friend heaven yesterday took a fast train to the sky meditation way Close my eyes And I'm right there Still at home In the easy chair On the transcendental railroad Soothes my mind And it heals my soul Anywhere I wanna go on the transcendental railroad So if I wake before I die I know a way that I can fly And if I fall while I'm away I may bend but I won't break on the transcendental railroad Soothes my mind and it heals my soul Anywhere I want to go On the transcendental railroad Only no ticket can carry no load no time, just let go Up and up, close your eyes And hold on the transcendental railroad
when I lay me down to rest Will I get it all off my chest I've overcome youth's old rape I may bend, but I can't break On the transcendental railroad Soothes my mind and it heals my soul Anywhere I wanna go On the transcendental railroad On the transcendental railroad Funky is what Funky do For its favorite podcast The Funky Town Podcast 